0: For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Joanna Mazel, a professor of ecology and evolutionary biology at the University of Arizona. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you. You've been studying how genes form, which can sound a little strange because we think of genes as the things that form what we are rather than things that themselves have formed. How would you define a gene?
1: So there are many different kinds of genes. They're hard to define. But the most common sort, it's a stretch of DNA that we have that gets read and turned into a molecule that's useful in the body. It's the instructions for making some building block of, of, of an organism.
0: So how do genes form? What, what are the ideas out there?
1: Well, for most of us, our gene forms because it's copied from the genes that our parents have. But then the question is, where did that come from? And where did that come from? And where did that come from? So going back in time. Uh, so we don't actually think of, say, my mother's gene and my gene as being different genes. They're just two copies of the same gene. So my interest is in where do totally new genes come from? and for a long time the answer was that sometimes when the DNA is getting copied it makes a mistake and instead of one gene forming one gene one gene gets copied twice and forms two genes and then sometimes the two genes go in completely different directions during evolution and you get a second gene. So the answer then would be that new genes come from old genes that copied themselves but then where did the old genes come from? And wh- you get even older genes and you have a chicken and egg problem where we have trouble figuring out where did the first original genes come from.
0: And what have you been doing to try to address that problem? How do you study that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it, it turns out that not all of our DNA codes for genes. There's a lot of junk DNA in, the, in between the genes as well. And every once in a while in that junk DNA, just by chance, you can get the various signals of where to start and where to stop. And a new gene can really come out of that junk and be born de novo as a new gene.
0: Now, how do you figure out what genes are older or younger when you're trying to do this sort of study?
1: So that's where having so much DNA sequenced already comes in handy. So we take one species, um, let's just say mouse. You can tell when two genes are related because their sequences are very similar. And we look for relatives in lots of different species. So if we find a gene in mouse and in rat and in nothing else, then we say, okay, some point between rabbits splitting off from mice and rats, a gene was born. If we find a gene all the way through vertebrates but in nothing else, then we say, oh, some point, after the split with chordates, but before vertebrates, the gene was born then. So uh, this is called phylostratigraphy, like in stri- the stratigraphy of, of layers of soils, layers, layers of rock. Here we have layers of genes that were born in different eras.
0: What are the differences between the new genes and the older genes, the younger genes and the older genes?
1: Yes, yeah, so what we found is that the, the younger genes tend to be uh, very disordered. Uh, they have different amino acids. Some amino acids like interacting with water, other amino acids don't like interacting with water, and they sort of tightly huddle together away from the water. So the new genes have more of the ones that like water, leading to sort of a floppier, less structured form. And when they do have um, a few amino acids that do like to fold, that don't like water, those ones tend to be clustered together close to one another. So they, you know, just by looking only at the sequence, we don't need to do any X-ray crystallography. We don't need to actually know the structures. Just by reading the DNA sequences and turning that into protein, we can tell a lot about what's different of the genes of different ages.
0: And how does a new gene take hold? How does that fit into evolution?
1: Every once in a while, something turns out to be useful, and we don't know why. We know that often... Uh, new genes tend to form in testes. Um, There's a lot of competition between sperm. Evolution tends to be very rapid there. Another place where there's often rapid evolution is in the immune system. Um, But it could, in fact, be anywhere. We don't really know. We're constantly facing new problems. And every once in a while, some random protein sequence might turn out to solve some problem.
0: Fascinating. Well, thank you for coming in, Joanna.
1: Thank you very much.
0: This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.